Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 47 of McChesney Unchained on the newly branded DNVR Podcast Network. Check it out at DNVR underscore Denver on Twitter and DNVRDenver.com. It is no longer BSN. It is now the DNVR Podcast Network, and I am damn excited about it. Uh, Hats off to my man Brandon Spano for all of his success and Everything they're doing down there, it is big time. So check it all out because uh, it is truly next level. And if you like McChesney Unchained, you'll love all the content that they have on the website and on the Twitter pages and everybody involved. They uh, really revolutionized it. And I love it, man. There's a reason uh, I'm on this network. So we're moving forward. We have a huge show today. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss uh, from the good, the Colorado Buffaloes getting a huge win in the desert uh, and how they did it with their best two players essentially going out and still gutting out a win uh, in Tempe. Uh, to the bad, the Broncos losing in Lambeau and falling to 0-3. Uh, we'll also talk about a lot of in-between from Antonio Brown uh, and him essentially destroying his own career to uh, the NFL as a whole. And, you know, the weekend that was where the NFL goes from here, contenders, pretenders, all that kind of good shit. All right, so first and foremost, um, anybody out there listening, we are actively looking for a local Colorado business to sponsor both the podcast and the primarily sponsor the film series that we do for the Broncos and the Buffs on our weekly breakdowns. Uh, we had 75,000 views, uh, close to that, on the, the first two videos we did during the preseason, and it's just gotten better and better. We post on Twitter uh, each and every week, and uh, because of the network change, essentially, the Twitter page has also changed. It is now at DNVR Unchained, and then also at 60 Academy on Twitter and Instagram, as usual. But uh, I am saying that we are actively looking for someone, local Colorado business, as I am a local small business owner. We are trying to help small businesses uh, from, you know, the, the, the top of northern Colorado to the bottom of southern Colorado. We'd love to help you out. So please reach out to me. Uh, you can either DM me at DNVR Unchained 
uh, or at Six Zero Academy, or of course you can reach out uh, through the website at SixZeroStrength.com. You can also get a hold of me at Matt at SixZeroStrength.com, um, and we we love to help you out and get your name out there. And uh, we really want to work with local Colorado businesses, so please. Let me know if you'd like to be part of the uh, the journey down here at Six Zero Studios. So <clears throat> the show rolls on. Okay, the Colorado Buffaloes, and remember that all of our Buffalo talk is brought to you by our good friends at Tenth and Muni. Uh, please check out tenthandmuni.com. Use the promo code Buff Club, and you'll get a good discount. I rock their hats every day. The T-shirts are outstanding. They don't shrink in the wash, which is also kick-ass. Um, unbelievable old school Colorado swag. And right now you want to be a Colorado fan. So jump on the bandwagon, go to 10th and and they will get you straight hooked. So 10th and uni brings you, uh, a huge Buffalo victory in the desert, putting them at three and one and one and oh in the South. They beat another ranked opponent. Now coach Mel Tucker, and he broke out the shorts in the desert. And can you blame him? It was 95 degrees or hotter. I was surprised he didn't break out the the black and gold Jays, the the shiny ones. I've got a pair. Dan Graham's got a pair. Those are the only two people I know that have them. Um, and, of course, the equipment staff. That would have been super swaggy. He's got to definitely do it the next time he rocks shorts. Um, I'm going up to meet with the staff tomorrow about recruiting and the state of Colorado and whatnot, so I'll definitely try and figure out why he didn't rock Jays. But that's neither or there. Uh, to be honest with you, Coach Tucker could wear whatever the hell he wants at this point. I am, I'm damn impressed to come back the way they did against Nebraska in that electric atmosphere and beat a ranked team at home in overtime. It, the loss to Air Force, I don't know if there's a such thing as a good loss, but it woke this team up, and they played balls out, just gutsy performance left and right you lose your best offensive player and Chanel goes down and I really hope he's okay and we got to figure out why he's a little injury prone I hate to say that but it's true and hopefully we can keep him healthy this bye week couldn't come at a better time and the chief shot on Mustafa Johnson Miller's a good kid he's a good player I'm not saying he did it intentionally he's probably just trying to do his job but it was a chief shot and it hurt him, and I really hope 34 is okay as well, so get him healthy, even if he has to miss the Arizona game. you got to get Mustafa healthy. But the 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 character, the integrity, the, the guts that this team showed, man, it was awesome to see. It's what Colorado football is about. You're never quitting, shoulder to shoulder, you know, back to back, fighting. Everything that walks in, in, a, in the radius of you, you hit. In the mouth. They were so physical. Nate Lambman was sideline to sideline. That guy's working himself into a, a first-round linebacker, man. I could give a shit if he runs the 40 and 4-6 or forever. He can play football. Period. 53 is a straight baller. 20 played his ass off again. Uh, I thought that you know, Lang stepped up. He, he was banged up all week, and for him, he didn't get the start. I know that probably pissed him off. Uh, but when Mustafa went down, Lang stepped up big time, man. And he was, he was very, he was integral in the last two pressures of the game. Uh, I thought the 54 played his ass off and he did it hurt big, huge nuts, huge nuts, Lang. I'm damn impressed as a D lineman there, as a captain, as a, as a guy who, who, uh, thought he was pretty good up there in, in Boulder on the defensive line. I am fucking impressed. 54, you really showed me something. And you know what? Uh, 
the pass rusher 52, Alex T. That was awesome. I, I'm telling you, man, you're really turning heads as well. Keep pressing that space. There's not a soul on earth that can guard you and block you when you're attacking space like that. This team has really shown me something. I mean, I can get specific on all the X's and O's and shit, but no one wants to hear that. Tony Brown's a fucking monster. Three touchdowns. Un uncoverable. I don't care who you put on him. He's been like that the entire year. So this team has found something. Steven Montez is a bona fide superstar in waiting. If he keeps this up, he goes out and has a good showing against Arizona. I'm going to talk about them in a second. And he keeps this up down the road with a very challenging schedule. It's hard. The Pac-12 cannibalizes itself, and you're going to see it happen again. But there's not a team on this schedule that we can't beat. Everyone understand that. All of all Buff Nation, everybody out there that's a fucking hater and doesn't like CU, and you're going to fast forward through this or whatever, that's fine. Fast forward. All you Nebraska fans, suck on it two years in a row. Ha, 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 ha. I'm going to be talking shit for at least two more years, so just wait. We'll get you in Folsom again, lock the gate, whip that ass, send you back to Lincoln. Three in a row. Ha, ha. The Air Force game was humbling, but still not that humbling, as you can tell. Um... The Buffs have a very bright future in front of them. But still, I can get all cocky and happy about this shit. I know that Coach Shiv and Coach Cap, Juice, Coach Tucker, and that staff, they're not going to let the kids get cocky. And the Air Force game was their wake-up call. They got real high after Nebraska. The Air Force game took them to a low. They're now back on a high. The last thing you want to do is not me mature enough to handle it. Last year, they went through the ups and downs, five in a row, ranked, seven in a row, unranked, no bowl game, shitty feeling. That's not going to happen with this team. So, you know, just want to single out a couple of guys. Hambright, the transfer from Oklahoma State. Bro, thank you for coming to see you. You solidified the left tackle position, and you've done an unbelievable job. 51, hats off. Great game. You've been playing your ass off since you walked in the in the room up there in Boulder. It's good to see you brought leadership, character. It's it's badass. You and, and Coach Cap have really changed the tone up there in Boulder on the offensive line. Tim Lenat, played your ass off. Gotta fix the snapping problem a little bit, but played your ass off. Absolutely played your ass off. What great leadership, good communication, tackle to tackle. Will Sherman, bro, I'm telling you, man, you got first-round offensive linemen written all over you. Don't let the sugar rot your teeth, but it is, you're special. And you continue down this path with your length and ferocity. First, you know, within the first four or five plays of the game, he's drive-blocking some poor some bitch out of bounds and just dumping his ass. That's what I want to see. That's what Colorado Buffaloes do. So it, that was great to see. Will Sherman is a, is a damn stud. You know, Montez, obviously, Tony Brown, Nixon, great game. The Detroit City Madman, number one. Magnum, great game. I, you know, I just, I, I can go on and on and on. Everybody stepped up. Brady Russell was a man at the point of attack, just beating the shit out of the Arizona State defenders. Cole Cabral, the outstanding center for Arizona State, had a really good game and played well. But, you know, they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Cole, and Cole's a first-round center. You know, Miller's a good player. The tackle, the, the guy that I thought chief shot at Johnson, but I know it's not intentional. 
but still tapes tape. He he's a good player. They, he was toe to toe the whole night. So if you're talking about rivalry, I know the people in Tempe do not like Colorado, and the both folks in Boulder don't really like the the folks in Tempe. So. I know that their main rival is Bear Down in Arizona, but this could turn into a nice little feud, a little blood rivalry, you know what I'm saying? Share a border. It always means something. Whoever wins this game, you know, has a leg up in the South, just like CU does now. So moving into Arizona, the bye week. The next time I hear a CU fan say, oh, it's Arizona, they're not very good, we can handle them. Remember that we haven't beat them in the last two years. And the last time that Tate, number 14, their outstanding dual-threat quarterback, and Arizona came to Boulder, he ran the ball down our throats. He made us look terrible. The pursuit in that game was awful. I remember uh, the big nose tackle, Edwards, him just loafing the entire game. I remember yelling at the TV distinctly. I had to stop watching. They had a chance to win that game, but they couldn't stop Tate. And he's now more experienced, he's healthy, and he's just as dangerous. And he doesn't, he didn't forget that. Kevin Sumlin's a good coach. You know, they, they've got a game this weekend, so CU has an opportunity to really scout them and really have an opportunity to, to know these guys like the back of their hand. That's the point of a bye. The bye couldn't come at a better time to get your team healthy and motivated to make this push to win the Pac-12 South. That's what I said. This team, when they play USC, they want to be in position to go win the Pac-12 South that night in Folsom. And they've never beaten SC, okay? When I was a freshman in 2000, we lost to them by a field goal in the Coliseum. It was heartbreaking. Unbelievable atmosphere that night, but it was truly heartbreaking. And then in 03, I was medical redshirted that year, but they walked into Folsom and shit stomped us in 03, 40-3. I can still remember Santa McCullough running away from Donald Strickland, something, some, something I've never seen anybody do other than Jeremy Bloom. So, you know, it, SC's been a problem for CU, but they are getting over humps. They beat Nebraska back-to-back. They just won in Tempe. That, that's off their back. That's gone now. They beat Arizona State twice in a row. So they're starting to reverse the trend, and I've been saying this since day one, okay? The Buffaloes finally have the right guy at the head coaching position. I like Coach Mack. He's a great man. He did good things for CU. He got him back to respectability, but Coach Tucker has true swag. Recruits love him. He can recruit, and he's the perfect fit for this school right now, okay? He's got great coaches underneath him, primarily Coach Cap and Coach Shiv. Coach Darren Shiverini is the next superstar in college football, guys. I mean, he is unbelievable. He knows the offense in and out. He's great at evaluating talent and developing it. He can relate to the kids. He's just everything you're looking for in an elite college football coach. That's Darren Shiverini. And down the road, if Mel Tucker leaves CU and we've won 10 games three years in a row, coach, bro, go to Georgia or, or somewhere in the SEC and, and build rebuild a program, which is where his roots are. I'll get, I'll be the first one to give you a bear hug on your way out and say thank you, but then give the job to Darren Shiverini if that's what's going to happen down the road. I'd love Mel Tucker to stay here forever at this point. He is unbelievable and the right guy for this job. And I've said this since day one, and I will reiterate, the minute CU gets to the level of a, of an Oregon in this in the conference, which they can do, 
from a outsider's perspective, people are looking at them like, wow, they're going to win eight to nine to ten games a year instead of a team that's trying to rebuild consistently. It is over. They're going to run the fucking Pac-12. Nobody wants to go to Utah. Nobody wants to go play for UCLA and their, you know, super soft powder blues. SC is going to be a problem. Arizona State can recruit. Nobody wants to go to Arizona. Man, I'm telling you, CU is going to be a school that you don't want to fuck with in the Pac-12. They have a big eight blue-collar smash-mouth mentality at their core. And that's what's going to separate us down the road. And it's just not something you're going to want to screw with, which I, I can't wait to watch. So the Arizona game is not something that, not a team that CU needs to overlook. Kyle Devan, their offensive line coach, I know him well. He's a, a great dude. He's always in the gym recruiting. Uh, he's a great coach. He's going to have his guys primed up and ready to go, especially if 34 can't play and two can't play. We're going to have to raise that level again. And they can do it. They just did it in the desert on the road. How do you keep that mojo going? So I'm really, really excited about the future, man. And obviously we'll talk about Arizona more next week because it is a bye. But I couldn't be more impressed with the heart and character of this football team. Again, I'm going up there tomorrow to talk recruiting with the staff and talk shop and all that kind of stuff. The the players, you deserve to enjoy yourself over the bye week. But please, please. Let's uh, let's really stay focused on the task at hand, which is making sure we take care of Arizona in Folsom next Saturday. So, Boston Plume to three and one. They're on the outside looking into the top 25, but I would imagine that a, a good showing against Arizona and another victory could probably put them around 23, 24, or 25 in the rankings. And it's not something that they deserve, but it's damn sure something they will have earned at that point if it does happen. So, once again, remember that uh, all your buff talk is brought to you by our good friends at 10th and Uni. Thank you to Morgan for all he does. Uh, check out 10th and and use the promo code BUFFCLUB and they'll get you hooked up with unbelievably sick-ass CU swag. All right, moving into the National Football League, okay? Number one, uh, the penalties. There was a huge downtake now in penalties last week or this week because of the uptake last week. I just want consistency. I mean, Jesus, man, can we get some fucking consistency? Now nothing's a penalty. I, I just in a multi-billion dollar industry, they can't figure this shit out? It's ridiculous. It's really frustrating, and I really hope that the NFL can figure out a way to fix this shit. I mean, for the love of fucking God. So we'll see what happens with that, but there seems to be zero consistency in the in the... In the uh, officiating, and I can't really say that I'm surprised. I mean, this is what they do. I mean, they suck. So, it is what it is. Antonio Brown has totally fucked himself out of the NFL. Uh, he posted that he's no longer going to play. I don't believe that because eventually he's going to pay bills. I, this is just another case of a man's ego getting in the way of him being a professional. And I can't believe it. I mean, just... Dude, shut up and just go to work. Stop trying to intimidate people that you apparently sexually abused. Like, Antonio Brown's just a bad dude, and I hope he doesn't get another opportunity, but he will because he's fast and can catch the ball well, and he's a damn fine football player. He's just an awful human being. So, you know, you reap what you sow, dude. Shit, karma's a bitch. 
You can only fuck so many people over and be an asshole to so many people before it comes back to you. Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> uh, apparently he's got the flu. So, or the clap or the drip or some shit. I don't know. Uh, but he is out and he wants to be traded and he's being loud about it. And I, man, I'm just, I don't even know what to say about this. Like, I want the guy to get paid and he deserves to get paid and he's a good football player. And I understand Jacksonville is notoriously cheap as shit and they may not pay him and so on and so forth. I get all that. But, bro, do you have to be this... Do you have to be this unprofessional about it? Is this the only way you can get paid? Has it gotten to the point where you have to act like a sniveling fucking brat and just be a total, totally awful example for every kid out there that's a young, you know, boasting superstar? There's a lot of kids out there watching this shit thinking that that's the way you're supposed to act. And if I get a little bit of clout and swag, I can act like a total piece of shit. I mean, I, I the millennial ego is insane, man. I deal with it almost every day. Guys who think their Twitter pages are cool and shit, it's just air. It's fucking Twitter. You're not cool. You're a fucking child. You, you guys who think that because they've, you know, done this or that, that it's special. No one's special. We're all equal, but we're damn sure not the same. But no one's special either. You just have special moments and work ethic, and usually things pay off, and most people don't see all the work put in. But the millennial ego is driving this, like, super just me, me, me narrative, and it's disgusting. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And Jalen Ramsey deserves to get paid, but I, shit, bro. I mean, just trade him to the Cowboys, and then he can act like this, and it's expected. I just, I think it's ugly because of the example it sets. If I'm good, I can act like a dick and get away with it and they'll shit me. Instead of playing your ass off and earning your contract. And, you know, if you don't like it, fucking when you were two years ago, you were five minutes away from the Super Bowl and you choked that away. It's not like you don't have talent on your football team. Figure it the fuck out. Stop complaining. Uh, Calvin Johnson came out and, you know, said that he smoked marijuana after every game to calm his nerves and help his body. It was probably every day after practice. Marijuana is a medicine. If you think different, you're a moron. You're probably a Budweiser drinking fucking redneck. How many teeth do you have? It's a medicine as, as opposed to all the pharmaceutical shit they pump into you. I'm not surprised that this is what it is. You get drug tested once a year for street drugs. If you know when it's coming, you're not going to be in the program and you'll be able to smoke at your leisure. If it's used in a way that is meant to help, if the CBD aspect, just like the Neuro XPF that we sell here at Six Zero, that I take on a daily, check out NeuroXPF.com. Great product, Kyle Turley. Unbelievable product, check it out. We sell it here at the, at, at the shop. But even if you're using marijuana as a resource to help you, as a medicine, that's what it's there for. If you're abusing it, that's something else. If you're drinking to have a, uh, to take the edge off, that's one thing. If you're hammering 10 drinks a night, you're drunk. That's another. So, you know, just you have to everything, everything in moderation. 
make sure that it's done correctly and cool. And I'm not surprised that Calvin Johnson smoked. This is the most violent game in the world, and you've got to have something to take the edge off. And alcohol is poison. Absolute poison. Speaking of poison, the New England Patriots are really fucking good. Okay? And they mopped up the Jets, and I understand that they haven't beaten anybody. Pittsburgh's no good. I mean, they mopped them up, even with Roethlisberger, but he was hurt, apparently. They beat the, the Dolphins, who are terrible, and then they mopped up the Jets with, you know, pick six and 199, Lou Folk. Now, who else is pick six, round 199? Oh, yeah. Tom Brady was 199 in the sixth, but that doesn't happen for the Jets, obviously. Um... Still, the Jets quarterback has mono. I thought you got mono when you were 12, but still, that's pretty typical for the Jets. They're on a bye. The Patriots got rid of Antonio Brown, and I don't blame him. Um, he, you know, I saw a tweet. Uh, it's pretty funny, and I'm sorry if this offends you, but if it offends you, you're listening to the wrong fucking show, Softy. Antonio Brown was like a make-a-wish kid who showed up for a week, caught a touchdown from Tom Brady, and then went back to his house. <laughs> so make-a-wish Antonio Brown came in for a week, and then they got rid of him. Uh, but they don't need him. I mean, Josh Gordon has... Josh Gordon, I'm proud of Josh Gordon, man. I hope that he stays on the on the upswing and, and stays as... stays as, you know, well-off as he is. He seems like he's figured it out. Edelman's great. They seem like they don't really miss Gronkowski yet. They'll miss him in the playoffs when they need to make a play. But New England looks like they're going to destroy their division, although Buffalo's 3-0. and But Buffalo's an ugly 3-0 and with a very inconsistent quarterback and a really good defense, but they're going to be playing in the wild card. So we'll see if they can win playoff games on the road if they can get there. They're 3-0 and now. We'll see where they end up. I don't know if there's a ton of parity. I think I can name the playoff teams right now. There's a lot of bad teams in the AFC. There's, a, I think, 10 of the 16 teams are 1-2 and two or worse. There's a lot of 0-3 teams. 1-2 and two Jacksonville plays 0-3 Denver. You know, in the NFC, the, or in the AFC still, the, the Chiefs beat the Ravens. I watched every minute of that game. It was excellent. Mahomes is different. I'd like to see if Mahomes played the way he plays now, 10 years ago, when people could decapitate people across the middle, because he really throws his guys into bad spots, but that's not the way football's played anymore. My man Joel Klatt, I was listening to him say this the other day, that back in the day, you couldn't throw hospital balls, and now they're everywhere. A hospital ball is hanging your guy out to dry, and now you can just throw the ball up. And the defender has got to essentially let the offensive guy catch the ball. It's one of the reasons I love the way Eddie Jackson, the safety for Chicago, plays, because he doesn't really play that. He's just figured out a way to get there at the same time. Um, the Chiefs are really good. The Ravens are really good. I thought Lamar Jackson played well. I mean, he, uh, regardless of his cross-the-field, you know, throw 60 yards to get six yards that was pretty risky – <laughs> uh, quarterbacks don't do that. Uh, I, I thought that that's a brewing rivalry down the road. That's going to be a, a game that's played every year, Baltimore, Kansas City, and two quarterbacks that are revolutionizing, revolutionizing the way it's played. And if you look at the NFC, you got more quarterbacks that revolutionize things. Garoppolo's playing well, not great. Five, court, five touchdowns, four picks. 
he's got to play better for me to take San Francisco seriously. But the, the Cowboys are fucking real, and the Packers are real. Dak Prescott needs to get paid now. This guy's insane. He's playing really, really well. The Great Wall of Dallas Part 2 is there. They're going to be hard to deal with, especially if they get home field. But Dallas does seem to fuck it up. So hopefully, I'd love to see the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I'd love to see Dallas, New England, or something like that. You're going to have San Francisco, and I'm pretty sure the 49ers are going to be a playoff team, even in their wild card. You're going to have some, you know, Packers, Cowboys, 49ers, early 90s in the playoffs. That's what I like to see. See if those guys get in. The Lions play. The Lions have the Chiefs this week. They're 2-0-1. They're not a great team, but see if they can beat Kansas City. They haven't lost yet. It's good to see Detroit having a little bit of success as opposed to 0-2-1. Um, I mean, it is what it is from a perspective of the NFL and parity. There's no real parity with the exception of the AFC North. I mean, there's bad football teams (laughs) and then exciting quarterbacks. I don't know how good Cleveland is. I don't know how good Cincinnati is. Dalton's not terrible. He's not great. You know, from a parity perspective, it's you either have a quarterback that's legit or you don't. And if you don't, you better have a, a defense. And this takes us straight into the Broncos. So the Broncos go to Green Bay and they lose. Um, Broncos fall to 0-3. And I don't think that Coach Vic Fangio is the right guy for this job. And I'm not saying to fire him right now. That's stupid. He's not going anywhere. I'm just saying I really I want the Broncos to go in the new wave of football and ready for them to mature into this. I, I, I'm tired of defensive-minded head coaches, and I'm tired of recycling the Mike Shanahan offense with a different guy. Um, you know, they struck gold with Peyton Manning and a good defense, but it's the defense is not what it was. This new The, the new system is not working the way we thought it was going to here in the Mile High City. Uh, there's no sacks and no and three quarterback pressures and no turnovers. And the Bears' defenses under Chuck Pagano is still destroying people. So to hear Coach Fangio come out for three weeks in a row and say teams are scheming the pass rushers away from pass rushing and pressure, I just, I've never heard that before in my life. I don't get it. I don't understand that at all. I've never heard a pass rusher say the scheme today was keeping me from pass rushing. What? I mean, I'm not trying to criticize a bona fide superstar defensive coordinator in Vic Spangio, but that's what he is, a bona fide superstar defensive coordinator. And I'm just some analyst, but I'm telling you, I want an offensive-minded head coach in the building so bad. I can't wait. And I don't care if the Broncos have to go 2-14 and 14 to make it happen. I don't care. I mean, they're 0-3 right now. Jacksonville's going to be a tough game. It's going to be another one-score contest. Their defense is legit. Their defensive line is awesome. They can run. They got dudes everywhere. This is going to be another grind-out game in in Mile High. And, yeah, I guess I hope they win. But let's be honest here, Broncos country. Why? Why? Why do we hope they win? I'm not saying I want them to lose. I'm just saying I, 
I wouldn't be upset if they had a top three pick and were able to get to a, or from and start them immediately and rebuild the offense around a young, athletic quarterback that's I'm watching around the league revolutionize the position. Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, De, uh, Watson, so Russell Wilson, so on and so forth. That's what I'm looking for. That is needed badly in Denver. I don't know if Drew Locke's that guy. I don't know. He's hurt. You got to roll with Flacco right now. You know, you got to look at this roster and, and go. And notice I'm not even talking about Green Bay. All right. There's videos getting posted up on uh, DNVR Unchained. That's the new Twitter page, new Twitter handle for the 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 brand change. There at BSN is now DNVRDenver.com. Check it out. It's incredible. But uh, I, I'm not even talking about the game because... The game is over, and I'm focusing on the future. And there's a, there's some things that they need to clean up and get better at. And it's not like they got blown out. They were very competitive again. You know, they have some very good pe- young pieces, and they got some good old pieces. And I, I just, I, I'm very confused on the scheme problems defensively, but it's not my job to figure that out. And I'm very interested to see how they attack a rookie quarterback in mile high, going against a very good defense themselves knowing it's going to be a one-score game and close and come down to turnovers and pressure and we can't get any turnovers and pressure so why should I just believe that it's going to happen this week if it hasn't happened in three again I don't I can't rationalize the they're scheming out our ability to pressure it's crazy I've never heard it before in my life it's crazy to me so uh, when you look at this roster and you say who's the future here for the Denver Broncos Offensively, I'd like them. I, I'd like the Broncos to re-sign McGovern and get the center position done for the next four years. He's done a really good job. He's played every position you've put him under. He's, you know, been the utility guy. He's been a fill-in player. He's started multiple games. He's been consistent. He's never missed time. He's always healthy. He's a leader. He's smart. He cares. Don't develop him for someone else. You're just going to let him walk out the door and go get. 9, 10, 11 million by someone else for the next four years and be the the foundation communication hub for them. Do it here. Don't have to restart again at center. You just let Paradis leave. Don't let McGovern. Reisner's the future at left guard. He'll play here for 15 years. You know how I feel about it. He'll be a ring of famer. Letting Sam Jones go to Arizona was a mistake because if Ron Leary goes down, God forbid, Elijah Wilkins always played already playing tackle. I like Austin Schlotman as a player, but Sam Jones is a better player. I don't know why you draft the kid, develop him, and cut him. They, you know, Austin didn't get drafted. He's another member of the Dungeon family, a kid that came in and worked his ass off and really worked hard and made the team, and now he ghosts me all the time, but it is what it is. (laughs) It's funny. The millennial ego, again, we talk about it. But Austin's a damn good player too, and he yeah you know, he's going to be able to put his hands on people and get when he gets his opportunity. I I hope that he can go out there and be as consistent and as good as everyone else. I Reisner's the future, Phil Lindsay's the future, McGovern's the future, Elijah. You got to keep Elijah Wilkinson around here. He's going to get paid. He's working himself into eight, nine, ten million dollars a year. See, because all these young guys here that are showing potential on tape, the rest of the league's looking at it and going, hey. Billy Turner just walked in, and he's graded out analytically. He's the number one pass-blocking offensive lineman in the NFL. Billy Turner, 
a guy that Denver developed and let leave. A member of the Dungeon Family, a guy I worked with a ton. Flew in this year to work with me this summer. Great player. Good dude. Really humble. Hungry. I was surprised Denver didn't want him back. He plays multiple positions at a high level. Aaron Rodgers loves him. Apparently, because Aaron Rodgers came out after the game and said his jersey's never been this clean. Against the Denver fucking Broncos defense, his jersey's never been this clean? Oh, my God. Look, man. The future, offensively, Sutton, Hamilton, obviously they're around, Freeman. Who's going to play left tackle and who's going to play quarterback? Those two questions have got to be answered this offseason. I like Joe Flacco. I think he's doing a really good job. But you can't convince me he's the future of the quarterback position. Defensively, they're going to have to make some really hard choices, man. I don't see Derek Wolf coming back, although he's a fucking animal. But I imagine he'll finish his career with a contender somewhere, and he should. Chris Harris Jr., I'd like for him to come back, but not at that price tag if you're rebuilding, which they can't convince me they're not anymore. 100% a rebuild. Not even close, and you can't convince me it's not. It's a fucking rebuild. Kareem Jackson, is he going to be a cap hit because he's owed so much money? He's a guy you're paying because you think you're good. But he hasn't really shown up, not to the number he's worth. So how do you get out of that number? Anybody that's an aging veteran that's owed a lot of money is susceptible to not being here. And that's just the nature of the National Football League. Nobody can get angry at an analyst for saying that. i got to walk on eggshells. People get mad at me for having an opinion. I'm in your union. I can say whatever I want, guys. Stop being soft. I don't know who the left tackle is going to be. It can't be Garrett. I know he played well on Sunday, but they still lost, and he's it's just it's too much of a rod of contention. I don't see how anybody is going to go for him being re-signed. Hopefully he improves and gets better, but I don't see that happening consistently. It's going to be tough. The real question is Bradley Chubb's not going anywhere what do you do with Vaughn and why isn't Vaughn playing what the way Vaughn plays and is it because of the what the coaches are asking him to do is he just not comfortable in the scheme is he thinking too much does he not want to be here anymore all these ideas are floating around look the Broncos moving forward have got Winnable football games. But they're looking at us like the Broncos are beatable too. They got the Jags at home on Sunday. They go to the Chargers, Titans at home, and then they got Kansas City and Denver. If they can beat the Jags and the Titans at home, and they the last time they went to L.A., they won. So if they can end up here 3-3, three and 2-4, three, and four, the Kansas City game is going to be a make-or-break game for the season. Because they're probably going to be undefeated or one loss. And, and the Chargers are one and two right now, so they've got to pull their head out of their ass. But they're not going to remain one and two. They've got a lot of talent and a great quarterback, Phyllis Rivers, old Bolo. I just, it, it, that's going to be your make or break. If they, if they go one and two these next two games, and they're one and five, this fucking season's over. So, week eight's the trade deadline. What can you get for Vaughn? 
if they have two wins, they're two and four, or they're three and three, they win three in a row, which they could easily do. Don't act like they can't beat the Jags, the Chargers, and, and the Titans. Titans aren't any good. But they could also lose the games. So if the Broncos are three and three and they're competitive and people, you know, are stop stop with the trade everyone and, and rebuild, and I'm even talking about it. Then cool. But I I don't know, man. I, I haven't seen them finish anything yet, so I'm, I need to see it in order for me to pick them and in order for me to believe it's going to just happen. So when you're talking about how this is going to work, man, and how it's going to move forward, what do, what, do you, what do you think Denver needs to do in order to ensure success moving forward is it consistency? It's obviously scoring more points because they're averaging 15 points a game. That's not going to get it done ever. It's never going to get it done. It never will. But defensively, they got to find a way to pressure people, and they're not. Do you think you can get two first-round picks for Vaughn? And would you trade Vaughn for two first-round picks right now for the future? I would, especially if it's to somebody with multiple first-round picks and you or, or you know – Someone that has someone's bad pick, essentially. You don't want to offload them to a bad football team, but at the same time, if you can use your first rounder plus two and rebuild, you've got Chubb. It makes Vaughn expendable. I can't fucking believe I just said that, but it's true. It's true. So, it is what it is. <laughs> I guess we'll see what happens, but the Broncos have got to get better. The buffs have got to ride the wave, and the NFL, I mean, it's the best soap opera on TV, but I'm telling you, you got to fix the referee problem, because it's fucking annoying. That is episode 47 of McChesney on Chain on the newly branded DNVRDenver.com podcast network. Check it out. Remember to check out everything 6-0 at 6-0strength.com or at 6-0academy on Twitter and Instagram, and always follow the show and all the videos that we have online about the Broncos and Buffs breakdowns at DNVR Unchained. This is episode 47. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. That is a wrap. Peace.